Apart from equity and debt, is there a third form of raising money? If most entrepreneurial endeavors fail, why is everyone still trying? What is one thing I can do to make my business stand out from every other business like mine? Welcome to this week's edition of Dylan's Podcast. My name is Dylan Gallagher, and this is my podcast. This week's episode is questions that entrepreneurs ask. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you'll know this is where I pick a handful of questions and I answer them sort of just off the cuff so that you get sort of my most honest answer as I'm thinking about it. Um, And I do this podcast to help out some entrepreneurs who might be out there by themselves thinking that it is just them against the world. And this podcast hopefully gives them some insight into realizing that they are not alone and the things that they're thinking may not be as crazy um, as they might sound in their head. And because I work with entrepreneurs every single day and have done so for a very long time, I try to impart some of the things that I've learned in hopes that it helps either put a stone uh, in your shoe or give you some encouragement um, about what you need to be doing today in your business. So I've got three questions that I think are kind of interesting, and I'm going to open them up a little bit. Just want to say thank you to all of you that are listening and the subscribers. I'm always amazed when I get a message uh, these days and for the past couple months on LinkedIn. That sort of seems to be where people are coming from. And uh, just asking the odd question, wanting to have a coffee if they live in the city that I'm in, and um, otherwise just trying to get uh, some feedback. So hopefully this podcast uh, lands in the right place for you today. And uh, I'm going to get started with the very first question, which is, Apart from equity and debt, is there a third form of raising money? Now, I'm not sure I should break open equity and debt. I maybe quickly just define it. Debt would be something that you have to repay or that your business has to repay in the form of interest and principal, whereas equity is something that never gets repaid, but ultimately requires a dividend payment or some form of a dividend payment or maybe... um, sale proceeds. So if your business is ever sold and someone owns equity in it, that they would be able to benefit from uh, sale proceeds through getting uh, a percentage of the sale proceeds based on how much equity they own. So equity is ownership, debt is, um, is not, and it's repayable. And so is there a different form of raising money? And it just so happens that this past week, it's funny, right? Because this seems to always be the case. I've, no- I've noticed that these questions uh, fit the conversations I'm having with real live entrepreneurs. I'm not sure if it just works out that way or if it's one of those things where, um, uh, because I'm talking with entrepreneurs and we're talking about raising money that now every question I look at seems to be about raising money. I don't know if there's, I think there's something in like the base of your brain that, you know, when you, they say when you've when you buy a new car, you've never seen it on the road before. As soon as you buy one, say it's a Toyota, all of a sudden all you can see everywhere are Toyotas. So maybe it's the same thing with these questions. But anyway, apart from equity and debt, is there a third form of raising money? I was speaking with a fella who's in a pretty tough spot with uh, in his career and is uh, considering making a career move and is not in a position to bankroll um, 
the business that he would like to start and take on um, all of the costs associated with getting that particular business off the ground. And so we had a conversation about what is the right way to put a deal like this together if, if I have an opportunity to take on this business take advantage of some of these sales that I have and these leads uh, that I've worked really, really hard on. What is one way um, that I could take advantage of? And it turns out debt and equity are not really, uh, they weren't really the uh, topic of what we were talking about because he's this particular individual, he's not in a position to give up equity in something that doesn't exist and isn't in, interested in borrowing any money. And so we came up with this, I, you know, we just started kind of throwing some ideas around, but there is a third way of, of raising money, and that would be doing some sort of an income split or a profit split or a commission. And in, uh, in the example um, of the conversation I had with this fellow, we had talked about, look, if, if um, uh, this particular manufacturer of this product is prepared to let you go and sell it, that maybe they would bankroll your operations for three to six months while you look to close on the pipeline of business that you think you've got. And with each sale, they would now take a disproportionate amount of the margin until such time as their bankroll has been repaid. Uh, for the manufacturer, they get the opportunity to spend a little bit of money on, on an expense that they would otherwise have if they ended up you know, allowing their own uh, internal salespeople to sell the product. And for the fellow that I was having a chat with, uh, he gets the opportunity to capitalize on business that he hasn't been able uh, to do that with yet. So it's sort of what you call a, a win-win. There's no real downside for the manufacturer. There's no real downside for the individual who's looking at trying to put a deal together. And between the two of them, it's not debt, it's not equity, it's really just a revenue or a profit split. And so if you're trying to get creative, you're not terribly excited about putting your name on the line for a bunch of debt, and you don't really have any equity to trade, or you're not interested in giving up equity because you'd like to hold on to it for the future. Um, a third form of raising money is to do some sort of a work-in where um, uh, you can split revenue, you can split profits, you can split margin until such time as uh, certain dollar values are achieved and, and everyone feels like they've been compensated appropriately. And so that's a third form of raising money. It doesn't involve debt or equity. Question number two. If most entrepreneurial endeavors fail, why is everyone still trying? And I thought this was just a great question when it came across my radar, because it's, uh, first of all, I've never, I've not actually seen this question before and thought it might be worth off the cuff trying to come up with some reasons. And I immediately, when I saw this question, what I thought of is I thought of myself and why I became an entrepreneur. And when I was a teenager, I would read biographies on business people because I felt, um, I enjoyed the stories. They, they always felt very adventurous to me. You know, the overnight success that took 20 years <laughs> to be an overnight success. There was just something romantic about taking an idea, putting it into motion, seeing it be successful, seeing it change the world, and then with the rewards that come along with taking those kind kinds of risks, these individuals were able to uh, make a give more back to the world than, than what they were able to take out of it. And I uh, was reminded of that again uh, this past 
couple of weekends watching the Bill Gates documentary on Netflix, which I found uh, interesting. I found the first episode really interesting, the second episode sort of interesting, and the third episode not quite as interesting as the first two. But, you know, why, why do entrepreneurs keep going? Why do they keep trying if the failure rate is so high? You know, there are 30 million plus entrepreneurs in North America, by their fifth year, more than 50% of them would have failed. So it's astronomical. But why is everyone still trying? For me, it was the romantic idea of what it would be like to take an idea, see it turn into something, and, you know, quote unquote, change the world. I'm not sure that every entrepreneur looks at their ventures uh, through that lens. I think some people, um, they crave the freedom and they don't want to be accountable and they bump up against authority, which is me to a T. Um, uh, so being an entrepreneur, uh, if it isn't for the romantic idea, it's for the freedom that being an entrepreneur brings. Um, it's also for, I think, it's for the disproportionate reward that can come if you are in fact successful. So if I was trading my time every day for a paycheck and a steady paycheck and a predictable paycheck... I wouldn't necessarily have the ability to do better unless I was prepared to find some time to pursue a different um, different opportunity that could pay me disproportionately compared to what I would get on someone else's payroll. And so I think people keep trying because it's like a it's like a wager or a bet. Um, I'm not a gambler at all, but I have heard it equated to you know when you have a job and you're playing um, and you're gambling and say, you know, there's $100 that you can win. $100 is the amount of the pot, and that's the most money that you can win. That's like having a job. You know, the harder you work, you don't necessarily get to make more than what you're going to take home. Maybe get some bonus, maybe get some commission, maybe there's a little bit of profit sharing. But for the most part, you're just being paid to do to do a job. Whereas being an entrepreneur, creating a business, pulling resources and people together, aggregating that result and and hoping that it is a disproportionate payoff for your time compared to other things that you could be doing, I think is is why people do it. I think it's the payoff. I think it's the opportunity to try something, and if it works, it will pay out disproportionately. If it doesn't work, then maybe there's still enough time on the clock to make other decisions, although from what I've learned of entrepreneurs, that really isn't a decision. They're just going to try again and try again and try again until they hit it. And while some entrepreneurs, certainly in the technology world, get uh, early home runs, in other businesses, um, it you know it doesn't usually happen until you're 20 or 30 years into your career. And then all of a sudden, you start connecting the dots, and uh, then you can start seeing those disproportionate payouts. So if most entrepreneurial endeavors fail, why is everyone still trying my answer would be because of, for me, because of the romantic idea of what it means to take nothing and turn it into something, an idea, and turn it into a business or a problem and turn it into a solution. And then secondly, to get rewarded disproportionately for the work and the effort and the risk that's being taken. So that's, that would be my off-the-cuff answer uh, to that question. And let's see, lastly, what is one thing I can do to make my business stand out from every other business like mine? I love this question. I love talking about this stuff because this really is what what makes uh, being an entrepreneur completely worth it. The freedom 
to answer this question, the, the freedom to go out and compete and the freedom to try and generate a better result. And so in a crowded market where everyone looks the same, whether you are an, uh, an accountant or a management consultant um, uh, or you run a service business of some sort, um, you're probably not alone. You're probably not doing anything inventive. Your, your actual deliverable to a customer is probably exactly the same as, as other businesses. And so how do you end up standing out from every other business? Well, I have a theory or a thesis that I try to employ in anything that I'm involved with. And it goes a little something like this, that people will pay disproportionately for value. Um, you take a look at why people pay so much for an iPhone versus a uh, a non-iPhone, even though technically they both do the same thing. Um, people pay disproportionately for value because they associate value with the experience that they get whilst undertaking a product or a service from a company. And so one way to create a more valuable company is to create a better experience than every other business in the marketplace, to simply do a better job. And I don't mean answering questions better or having a better website. I actually mean servicing, serving customers and clients better than the competitors. To, um, If you do the work to really understand the problem that your business is solving, and you can listen to last week's podcast episode to get a little bit of insight into what I mean by that. But if you stop and understand the problem your business solves for customers, you are then able to deliver that solution through an experience for the customer, the customer goes through an experience to get that solution, uh, they will pay more for that experience because they will deem it to be more valuable. More valuable means they're prepared to pay more. Paying more means your margins are going to be higher. If your margins are higher, you can spend the increase in margin on a better experience, and the cycle just keeps going around and around and around until ultimately you are just simply the best provider of a solution in your marketplace. So what is one thing that you can do to make your business stand out from every other business like yours would be to simply do a better job deliver your customers or your clients a much better experience than what they're getting in the rest of the marketplace. And if you need to understand how to do that, then take some time to really understand the problem that you're solving for your customers or your clients, deliver the solution to them through an experience that is unbelievable. And not only will you stand out from other businesses like yours, but you will end up generating a higher margin because of the higher prices that you're able to provide because of the greater value that your business delivers. And so that's it. Those are, that's my quick answer. That's all I have for you today. Those are my three questions. I hope that you found something of interest in either, of either one of those answers. Hopefully, it was enough to get you thinking about your particular business, and maybe one of these things landed on your desk today or in your earbuds today or however you uh, listen to this podcast or take it in. Hopefully, something landed with you that was very, very timely. And um, I think that's one of the comments that stands out from the last two weeks is I was chatting with actually a friend of mine who's a good listener to the podcast, a good faithful listener of the podcast, and never, never uh, pauses for a minute to tell me what he thinks of the podcast, but he was saying the other week that it just so happened the topic that I was discussing happened to land right in front of him on a day that he was wrestling with the very thing that I was talking about. So maybe that happened for you today. If it did, 
Or if it didn't, maybe you would rate this podcast in some way. Maybe you would share it. Maybe you would let other entrepreneurs know that they should be tuning into it because this podcast is where they're going to get some very practical and tactile advice, meaning they can do something with it the minute they hang up, uh, they hang up, they hang up the phone, they pause the podcast or turn it off that they're able to go into their business and put some of this, what they would have heard in the last 15 minutes into action. So thanks for tuning in and I hope that you tune in again next week.